not anything made that was made. It is the idea that when God speaks a word, there is more in that word than you and I can ever understand. So, I want to ask you not to us to underestimate God because you think you know what he means. Don't do that. I'll give you an illustration in a minute. Then, never stop to ask how on earth God's going to do the thing which, to your mind and mine, is frankly impossible. Can't happen. Trust the word of God. And the last thing is about name-dropping the significance of names, and one name in particular, okay? So, first of all, don't underestimate God, and I'm not saying Isaiah did, but Isaiah is the guy, if you remember, who told us that uh, a virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. There's a political context in which he says that. The king of Israel, who was Ahaz, was being tormented in his own mind because there were two fierce rival kings ganging up on him in the north. And Israel's king was inclined to put his hope in the king of the south, make an alliance with Egypt. And God sent Isaiah to the king to say, don't do that, trust God. And Ahaz the king found that very difficult. And so, again, through the prophet, God says to him, well, I'll prove it to you. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest earth. And Ahaz says, oh, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to put God to the test. And so... Through Isaiah, God says, okay, you're trying my patience, but I will give you a sign. A virgin will be with child and would give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means, we know, means God with us. Now then, he's speaking about their political situation and what the prophet is saying is, before this child that is born, before this child grows up, to a significant age, those two kings in the north that you're worried about are going to be wiped out. Believe me, it's going to happen. So Isaiah is talking about something in his own day, isn't he? And don't imagine that Isaiah thought that the child he was talking about was going to be God with us. It was a name the child was going to be given, signifying that God is with us. But if Isaiah had said, a child is going to be born, God with us, he'd have been stoned for blasphemy. So Isaiah's understanding was that God had given him a word, and it was a significant word, and his life was on the line because he was telling the king of Israel, before a couple of years or so is up, before a child is born and reaches a certain age, those two kings you're worried about are going to be nothing because they're going to be destroyed by another king who is further north. So Isaiah's life is on the line. He's telling the king, trust God, because that's what's going to happen, and you're going to see it, and it's going to be soon. That's a pretty brave prophet, isn't it? 
But if you stick with his understanding, and if you and I stick with our understanding, we end up with something much less than God is capable of doing. The word virgin in Hebrew of those days meant not virgin as we understand it, but maiden, a young unmarried woman. Years later, when Hebrew scriptures were translated into Greek, they used the word parthenos, which means maiden, but later changed its meaning, just as English words since Shakespeare have changed their meaning, changed its meaning to virgin as we understand it. Isaiah would never have got that, would he? But what an amazing God we have, who beyond anything Isaiah could think or imagine, God had in mind that a virgin would be with child, and that child would be hers through the agency of the Holy Spirit, and this child to be born would actually be God with us. Never assume that you've got God taped. Because he is able to do abundantly above all that you or I can ask or think. And he's our God. So don't think you've got him taped. Always expect more from him. That's my first seed point. I'll let that rest for a while. I'll chuck it into the ground. Lord, grow it. Now we're going to trip on 700 years. Mary receives Mary, this young maiden, this young virgin, receives an unexpected visit from an angel. Um, Well, none of us would expect a visit from an angel, would we? So, of course, it was unexpected. Not surprised that she was scared. It doesn't happen every day. And why would it happen to her, of all people? (coughs) This angel, however, has got this extraordinary message, which we know about, because we're celebrating it today, Don't be afraid, Mary. You've found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. Now listen to this bit. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Judah forever, and his kingdom will never end. What? You see, there hasn't been a Davidic king in Israel since they went into exile all those hundreds of years ago. Yes, she and her husband are both descendants of the great King David, but right now there's a wicked line of kings who've got nothing to do with David, and Herod of their day is just one of them. Herod, when Jesus was grown up, was another one. They had nothing to do with the Davidic line. In actual fact, Israel didn't like its king anymore. He was a tyrant. 
And here's God saying to this woman, oh, you're going to have a baby. By the way, it's going to be by divine agency. Oh, and he's going to be a king in David's line. Oh, and his kingdom is never going to end. He's going to reign forever. Now, that takes a bit of swallowing, doesn't it? To tell the truth. Never, however, write God off because it doesn't look possible. It certainly didn't look possible perhaps a year later when, um, because of the wickedness of the current king, Joseph and Mary were driven into exile in Egypt. It certainly didn't look likely when they were living in Nazareth, because can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And when Jesus began his public ministry, that's great, but there was still another king on the throne, and he was a wicked king, and Jesus wasn't a king, was he? And then, when she stood at the foot of the cross and saw her son nod towards John, the disciple, and say, look after mum when I'm gone, there's no way that this man, this promise can be fulfilled, is there? He's dead and dying. Soon they will be watching them, she will be watching them bury him. But never underestimate the word of God which called universes into being and which gave a virgin a child. Never say God can't do it because you or I can't see it. If he said it, trust him. Because Mary had no concept of a resurrection. That he would rise and that she would see him and that he would be exalted and he would be raised to be with the Father again in glory and that he has actually become the king of the Jews, and the king of all who believe in, in, him, uh, in God through him, that he has become our royal master, our sovereign lord, and that his kingdom is a growing kingdom, and his kingdom will not end, because death has not hold him and can't strike him again. Never underestimate the word of God and never turn round to God and say, you promised it, but there's no way you can do it. I don't know that I can trust you anymore. God's God. Awesome. It's my second seed point. I just throw it into the ground. God water it. And my third and final, you'll be pleased to know, seed point has to do with names. And I'm going to do a bit of boasting in a minute. It's totally empty boasting. It means nothing. Those of you who are young, you won't know what on earth I'm talking about anyway. And those of you who are old might not be impressed. But to both Mary and to Joseph, separately in a dream, an angel spoke and said, Joseph, this is the one to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. A name. 
not even a particularly unusual name. In actual fact, it's a variant of Joshua or Hosea. There's quite a few Jesuses running around, I think, in Spain at the moment, and there's at least one other Jesus mentioned in the New Testament. It's a name. It wasn't the family name, that was a surprise. You might have expected him to be called Joseph because the father names the son, but the father did name the son. The heavenly father, through the agency of the angel, did name his son. You should call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. But it's still an ordinary name, isn't it? Just a name. Nobody thought anything of it, no doubt, for the first 30 years of his life. Oh, go to Jesus, the carpenter. He'll do some good stuff for you. Oh, there's Jesus collecting some water from the well. Good old Jesus. How are you, Jesus? Just the bloke from up the road. However, so people wouldn't have name-dropped him. Now, I could, this is my bit of boasting, okay? I had dinner with Cliff Richard once. Whoa! And those of you who are old enough, I sat on the stairs with the Bee Gees once while they wrote one of their songs. Mm. Oh, here's something else. I babysat for a princess while she went out clubbing with the great and mighty. Yes. Oh, John Peel, he lent me the money to get home from a gig so I can get home from Southampton to London. Good old John Peel. But you don't remember him, do you? <laughs> well, one or two do. But you've got to be a bit arty to remember that DJ. Okay. But what's the value of my boasting? It means nothing. It's added nothing to me, and half of you don't even know the people I'm talking about. What's the point of name-dropping? But here we have a name given to Jesus. Just an ordinary name, but first of all it became a nationally famous name because he went around preaching good news and healing all that were sick and uh, setting oppressed free. Then he became famous because um, crowds followed him and came from him, from, the, from, from all the Decapolis, the ten, the, the ten counties all around he became famous. But then, he was crucified and God raised him from the dead. He has become even more famous and Paul tells us that Jesus has been given a name that is above every name. That the names of John Peel and Dave Winfield and Cliff Richard and the Bee Gees and whoever the princess was will bow down at the feet of Jesus and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. This ordinary name, which means saves, called Jesus because he would save his people from his, their sins, has become this name to whom everyone will bow. Now then, I want to ask you a question. We don't underestimate what God can do through his word. We won't argue his ability to do whatever he has declared he can do. And he has done for us this in Jesus. He has taken our guilt and punishment for our sins. That's an Easter story. He has given us the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, incidentally, by which, who, who 
overshadowed Mary when Jesus was born, the same Holy Spirit has come to us so that we can be born again spiritually of God so that we can be called children of God. This Jesus has done all that for you and me. Now, how much are you going to name drop him this Christmas? And that's the final point. I throw the seed out.